and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. Little, little intro. Yes. So we have a, a very exciting episode this week. It's going to pretty much be on the differences between male and female training, men and women training, and, and some of the differences to look out for, for within your program and when you are going hitting the gym and stuff. But first, we just want to remind you, the voting is still open for the... Is it the British Podcast Awards? Yeah. British Podcast Awards. Again, we'll leave the link in the description. If you've taken anything from this podcast over the last 12 months or however long you've been listening to it for, even if you are a new listener, then it would do us a massive, massive favor and we will be forever grateful if you can just hop on over to the link for the British Podcast Awards, which will be in the show notes and also in the YouTube video. You can type in the Not So Fit Club podcast Leave us a vote and then the pain in the arse thing is that you do have to go into your emails and then sometimes go and see junk folder and just confirm that vote for us as well. Yeah, I feel like that's standard practice nowadays. You've got to triple confirm everything. So yeah, yeah, we really appreciate everyone who has voted so far and I'm really excited for today's podcast. I feel like it's a bit of a random topic. No monster again this week. I mean, it's getting, it's only half one actually. I thought it was half three. Diet Pepsi. (laughs) I've got a really, really tickly, I've got a tickle in my throat today. It's not not good. It's not ideal when you do a podcast. The other thing I want to quickly mention for all our wonderful members on the MyCode School, we have just launched a little mini three-week challenge, and this is one for members only. So for all those people who are currently on the MyCode School, you'll know what I'm talking about. I can't say too much about it if you're not on the MyCode School because it's top secret, and you'll only find out more about that three-week challenge if you are all inside our Facebook group. Mm -hmm. So if you're not part of that yet, you think I'd like a little bit of slice of that? Then what we'll also do in the link in descriptions, we'll leave the link to the Micro School Facebook group, which is our private coaching group. Anyone can join that. You can see what's going on. You can see what people are gearing up for the challenge for. It's a little mini three week challenge. It's quite different to anything else that you will see online. Yeah. Hence, it's not full of bullshit. <laughs> and you'll be able to see what's going on there. And there's a full explainer video for the three week challenge, which is going to be kicking off. If you listen to this podcast on Wednesday, the challenge will be kicking off on Monday. 21st. 21st, 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 21st of June. June. Yeah. <laughs> so check that out anyway. 21st, what are you talking about? 21st. You crack or something? No, I think I just read one of the show notes. I read the word the. You asked a question and I said 21st. <laughs> and the we exciting should, thing. Should all speak. What are you doing? What are you looking at? What's on my head? A hat. Got new headphones. Oh, the on. headphones. You bought me them. I know. I feel like they really suit you. I don't know what you look at. You weren't even, you were looking down at your yeah, feet then. Saying, look what's on my head. Look at my hat. Look at my head. Head. Okay, sorry. I've actually got matching headphones now. How, uh, Twins. how not so fickle podcast is that? Hey. No, that. Oh, Twinning. yeah. Twinning, vibing. No, they oh. are great headphones, actually. Are, you can't, can't hear, hear anything. a single thing. So it probably feels like you're shouting. Yeah. It's probably like good for me to wear these throughout the day, then, isn't it? So I just can't hear what you're on about. Uh, but yeah, today's podcast is going to be on sex differences within training. I think this will be very, very insightful for a lot of people. And I'll give you some information to go off and I'll kind of potentially dispel some myths and fill some holes throughout the podcast. I think the reason why we want to touch on this podcast today is because we get a lot of messages on social media, in the school, and it's often something that's, that's widely talked about within the industry as well. Mm. And that is about women who lift and how 
that a woman lift, they'll become big, bulky, manly, muscular, the She-Hulk, whatever you want to call it, look like your own gear. So we want to kind of touch on this, dispel some of the myths that, that come along with that and talk about why that is basically absolute bullshit. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, it's very much so in the fitness space, isn't it, when it spoke about that, as soon as you start lifting weights, you're going to become like manly and big and bulky and building muscle as a woman doesn't necessarily mean that and I feel like it's been portrayed in quite a poor way along the years like building muscle is so fantastic for you it shapes your body you feel amazing you look fantastic and the way it's kind of been portrayed I think obviously quite heavily through bodybuilding I think a lot of people look at like the top elite bodybuilder bodybuilders in the world but that's not your everyday person well I was thinking about this today when I was walking back from the gym and I was thinking about how, do you know with health and fitness, mm. whenever people have a goal, obviously people go to Instagram and they look at people, like look what we want to do. And the thing that they are doing is looking at the hyper elite. Yeah. Like, it, and, and we go, oh, that I need to aspire to be that. And obviously, if you typed in women who lift or something like that on Instagram, you'll probably see a couple of pages of like these massive jacked up female bodybuilders and girls we may look at and go, oh, fuck, I don't want to that. Mm. You're not going to look at that, for one, probably. And two, the other thing is, like, we don't do it with anything else. Like, a lot of people started running through lockdown. No one was going, fuck me, I need to hit Mo Farah time, were they? No one was. Because that'd be ridiculous. (laughs) So why would you look at other, like, large female bodybuilders and go, that's going to happen if I ever start lifting or yeah. I need or I need to look like that like uh, guys that's their job that's guys their may whole look at being. me and go oh I want to start lifting because I want to look like that they don't really understand the sacrifice that I have to give to do that or that it's my job that's, it's not my job to look at like this it's it's my job so I'm more passionate about it and um, I've given up like a lot of other things in life but I actually enjoy doing this mm. and everyone doesn't have to look the same like and that's why I like, from my perspective it's good for me to talk about it because I can say okay this is what I've done to get there but this may not be for you because this is what will come of it and this is what sacrifices it. I don't mean that in a disempowering way to say that you shouldn't try, but sometimes it's good to kind of like give a little bit more truth to what's involved to earning and achieving something before people dive in and get disappointed and quit and then go, I don't want to ever do it again. Because if you can set out your stall early and then just kind of slowly progress things rather than jumping the deep end and thinking I need to achieve that, it's, oft- it's often a lot more motivating for people, I think. Yeah, 100%. I think it's one of those things as well where it comes into the topic of guys and gals there's so many psychological, psychological, physiological differences yeah. between men and women in terms of like athleticism, physique, hormones, cardiovascular yeah. fitness, your endurance. Like there's so many differences. Hence why when you do look at elite sport, I wouldn't compete against you and you wouldn't compete against me because the differences yeah. are so vast. Yeah. I was like, I can't, I don't know where it is now. I don't know why the page is exited. Well, one of the main things is that I want to just quickly talk about is, although we have this myth of like, oh, you're not going to walk in the gym and be massive. The actual natural potential for a male, uh, for a female to grow muscle tissue is actually pretty similar to a male. And that's what one of the myths is often is that, oh, if you're a woman, you can't get to that size. The potential for, for natural muscle growth is around and very broad, about 50 to 100% of what a male's is, depending on genetics. I.e., we can't pick our parents. So if you've got a lot of potential to grow tissue, you, you will yeah, grow yeah, a lot yeah. of tissue. And again, it's dependent on genetics. And again, it will usually de- be dependent on your starting size. So if you're a really small, petite 
woman as opposed to someone who doesn't lift but naturally kind of is a bit more solid built ha- mm-hmm. has a lot more tissue to start with is potentially spent a, a couple of years playing sport when you first start lifting your ability to build tissue is going to be better than someone else's who's starting a very much smaller starting point if that makes sense yeah absolutely so obviously one of the things that you touched up upon was the um physiological changes and what we'll do is we'll we'll, we'll go through those the feel the female and the male Oh God, sorry. <laughs> the male and the female ones. I think the most important thing to touch on first and the most obvious is the male testosterone. Because that is one of the main differences between male and female. And the, the reason why that when we're looking at transgender athletes is the, the going hormone replacement therapy or TLT, which is testosterone replacement yeah. therapy. And like we spoke of Alex in one of the other podcasts mm-hmm. is because it's one of the main hormones. So we even, we even need to suppress it for someone who is transitioning from a male to female or we need to bring a athlete's testosterone levels up if they are transitioning from a female to male like Alex was yeah he he did explain actually quite well mm-hmm. as well didn't he in terms of his viewpoints and things like that as well so that is a brilliant podcast if anyone wants to go back and listen to that one yeah it was and a few weeks ago now wasn't it yeah well some some males again it depends but they, they reported that Males can generally have up to 15 times more testosterone than a female will. Mm-hmm. So I had the exact same stats. Yeah, so, so that, that, that is a, a big substantial difference when it comes to building muscle tissue, especially when it's one of the main hormones. When we're looking at building tissue and recovery and how or, and how we utilize energy mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's something that's got to be taken into consideration. But the other thing as well is the way that that, that tissue and that muscle mass is distributed across the body. Yeah. Like people will look at, for example, like me and you, and automatically they will say, I am obviously a lot bigger than you. Yeah, and you know it's around 30 to 40% more muscle mass. What is? In terms of if you compare a guy, men and women, men have 30 to 40% more muscle mass than females. On average. It's a lot of muscle mass. Yeah, but the thing is, though, it's not always evenly distributed. Mm. Like, for example, um, you could look at me, but like, for example, a lot more of your tissue would be distributed to lo- to your lower body. Yeah, you will hold a lot more tissue there, and females naturally. on average naturally have that tissue distributed to mm-hmm. the lower part part of the body more so than males will. Will well have a more built upper body, so that that's something just to, to take into consideration is where the tissue is actually distributed as well. Isn't that, I don't know if this was like a stat thing, but I think we had the conversation where that's genuinely why um, women sometimes prefer to train lower body because they actually see quicker and better results in their lower body. And that's because of where your muscle is distributed. Mm -hmm. And probably, again, for us, women, has more potential to grow. Yeah. So you, you probably get a bit excited when you're seeing those results. Whereas upper body, I've got a quite a built upper body because I swam for so long. But that's why upper body can take a little bit longer in terms of seeing those those muscles grow. Essentially. Yeah. If it's distributed that way. Yeah. And the other thing is as well, it's it's not always the fact that I think women. I'm trying to remember the the stat. Women aren't as strong as men i might be getting this vice versa i need to p- pick up my facts again on this because i don't have my fact sheet but i haven't got it um I th- women aren't are not not as strong as men it's the case that they don't have as much tissue or mm-hmm. it's not the case of women, women don't have as much 
or don't have the ability to build much tissues. Men are just not as strong. It was one of those vice versa. That that it was there was a causation yeah. and correlation effect. So I think it was that basically, if me and you would have the same amount of muscle tissue, then we would we'd be similar strength. But because we we have such different amount of tissue, the strength element is a is a broader gap. Yeah. So it's, it's all about absolute muscle mass. Absolute muscle mass. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Mm. So again, these um, main differences on necessarily due to sex differences but more down to the amount of muscle mass and body fat that we hold do you know what i mean go do that again so it isn't necessarily down to the sex differences mm. it's down to the amount of muscle mass that me and you would hold the amount of body fat and obviously genetically that is disposed to your sex but what i'm saying is if we were just kind of like equal the mm. amount of muscle mass that we would hold was and the amount of body fat would determine how much we would build and how much potential we would have to build tissue in the future. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just the same for building muscle and testosterone because I pulled up something all about endurance in terms of like your cardiovascular health. Your actual endurance is largely determined by your body's efficiency when converting calories into energy. So women are more efficient than guys at converting glycogen to energy and that glycogen is obviously your secondary source of fuel when you use up your glucose. And this is why female athletes excel in ultra long distance sports well, and rarely hit the wall yeah. during long events. I was actually going to mention this later on the podcast when we were looking at the, the difference between uh, with, with female hormones and the role they play. Because obviously we've looked at testosterone. But this is why if we look at like elite level sports and the athletics, there's, there's huge gaps in you know for example if you look at people like Usain Bolt 100 meter sport, sports that's, runners that's why I had up before and, and I can't we look at like athletes which require a lot of power and that ballistic style of strength there's big gaps between male and female we would look at like the world records and stuff it's as it increases as well the distance like the times get like quite significantly but different with higher endurance level with like long endurance level athletes the gap between male and female is a lot shorter yeah so that, that's what, what I'm saying is that females are actually really good at those long endurance-based sessions and track days and events. And the gap is a lot shorter if you were to look at the, the records between them. I was listening to, I think, with Dr. Stacey Sims, who was, who was talking about the, the, the gap between those as well. And that's with a lot of the, the events that are based on those kind of strengths. Obviously, genetically as well, males have uh, larger muscles, but they also have larger lungs, which is better for um, respiratory system and recovery and mm. they have a larger heart as well which is better for blood flow and the transportation of oxygen which is what we were talking about in the the podcast with Alex where even if male uh, if, if, if athletes take that HRT or the TRT there's still going to be a advantage there for a male who transitions to a female because they still have that natural bigger capacity for respiratory and, and yeah. blood flow and delivery of oxygen through the body as well which will never which will never be taken away. Mm. I just pulled up that thing we were talking about before in terms of the differences. So you've got things like the 1,500 meters, the differences that guys are 24 seconds quicker. I think these must be in terms of the world records, yeah. yeah. Um, marathon, guys are 15 minutes faster. Long jump, 1.43 meters further. Uh, pole vault 1.1 so these are all very ballistic like style events like, power events. yeah yeah i think that it was obviously based off athletics yeah but it's just obviously it just is interesting and it just kind of highlights why 
I would not compete against you yeah. in the Olympics. But then again, with like all these type of events as well, and it's obviously gone on for years, and I still think it goes on now, is there's, there's, there's a a vast difference between a male and a female who takes steroids. That's why I went to, in today's episode, we're talking about the difference between natural, your everyday person, not mm. the hyper elite. What, what's your view on steroids in the Olympics? I absolutely don't agree with it. No, I don't. Like, absolutely don't agree I with think it. But it still goes on now, I think. I think it still goes know, on because now. I... Imagine if we had an Olympics where it was just legal. I'm not saying that's what we should do, by the way, and not endorse when people take steroids. Yeah. I, imagine the speed that people would fucking hit. Imagine the ju- p- people would be doing a long jump and they'd be like, running a long jump, and they'd be like, where the fuck's he gone? Mm. But, uh, but, I'd really but then again, agree with that. No, I'm not saying I agree. I'm just giving perspective mm. on it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Then again, it'd be interesting to see if they just went, okay, we'll allow like, certain people to take steroids. How much further did they actually jump? Yeah. Or was there no difference because they were taking gear anyway? Ooh. I think quite a lot of the people obviously get caught out when they do it anyway because yeah, yeah. the drug testing Look is Lance Armstrong really there. prominent. Lance Armstrong, he was, taking, he was doing blood doping yeah, stuff for years him. and no one ever knew. No, I know. There's always ways that these athletes are changing stuff to get away with things and not, mm. and not be known. And is it worth it? I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's like on such a high level sport where people work so hard, you shouldn't have people who are doping mm-hmm. and doing things that is fully illegal because you get heavily drug tested when you're in competitive sport. I mean, we got drug tested at events and stuff. And I don't, that's even just to like the minimal elite level. I just don't know whether there's ever going to be a point where they're going to be able to... Comp- okay, we know everyone's not taking stuff. I think there's always going to be a factor of doubt because they're so good at just like hiding and changing stuff. And I it's think hard to been hide. In there. And there's... I don't think it is though. It is hard to hide. I, t- I was going to tell like, you a really when you good work story. at that level, and, and apparently it's all it's 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 massive in the UFC and stuff as well. So there was we were told this story. We used to have at swimming. We used to they were called a hundred percent me, and it's about doping. And you had to kind of. I was on like an inhaler at the time. I had to say that Sudafed, different sort of things. You had to tell them what you were taking. And there was this guy once at a competition. Because usually just after your race, you get pulled out and you get drug tested. You have to like strip off and just wee mm-hmm. in a pot. And I think this guy must have known he was about to get drugs tested. And this yeah. was going, I mean, this must be going back about 12, 12 years now because they probably weren't as efficient as they are now. And he yeah. basically got his wife's wee and put it in a pouch under his armpit and a tube to go behind his willy. So you couldn't see it because you're you're naked, aren't you? And so he gave the sample, like squeezed the pump, and he weed through. And when his results came back, it was pregnant because it was his wife's wee. Oh no way! So he obviously he got. I don't know what actually happened to him, but I always Fuck remember me. them How telling could you me that, know that your wife is pregnant. Or did she not tell him? She obviously didn't know she was pregnant oh yet, or she God. would have never. So he knew. That is like fake that do- though, isn't it? That's like yeah. get fucked. Like, he knew he here. was doping. And he's used his wife wee. She doesn't know she's pregnant. They've tested it. It's come back. Hi, mate. You're pregnant. That's not your wee. I assume cases like that, you get like a ban or... You should be you have banned for life test. or shit like that though. Like you've mm. you've generally tried to cheat the system being caught Absolutely doing it. Absolutely cheated the system. Fucking hell. I always remember that story though because 
everyone was always super paranoid in swimming. We couldn't take a certain type of Sudafed. Yeah, and, and I've, seen, I've seen the different ones. Like, it, there was one of grenade supplements ages ago, a fat burner, and a rugby player got banned for it. And he was generally just mm. taking a fat burner. Yeah. Um, the other thing that me and Coward have been talking about, have you seen the documentary Invictus? Yes. I think it's the one on the cyclone, isn't it? Yep. So Lance Armstrong, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Yes, I have seen that one. Yeah, but the guy was doing an amateur cycling race, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he yeah. was doing cycling. So he, he was doing the amateur cycling race and he was getting told about the doping by this Russian doctor, which I think there's been loads of shit about as well. Because like, fucking, I don't know, like Putin and all these Russians were after this doctor because like he basically fucked them over and was giving all this, this stuff. But they were doping for years. Yeah. And... Just got away with it at mm-hmm. the highest level. That's what I mean. This could be happening all over the place. All over the place. And it probably is. Yeah, it pro- 100% is. But And I always think, I always think in elite sport, so in Olympic style sports, we're not talking about bodybuilding because you absolutely know in bodybuilding the top people are on You're gear. allowed to. I did not know that. What? You, of course, what? look at them. The absolute yeah, I don't, freaks. <laughs> I don't even... There's, oh, okay. There's so men who are standing on stage... <laughs> like 3% body fat who are bigger than a gorilla yeah like, yeah yeah th- th- you're allowed to take it but that's what that's yeah. what bodybuilding is it's it's almost got to a point with like these mass monsters where it's a case of okay let's see how big and dry people can get without dying let's see who can take the most gear without dying it's what is what yeah. it's become yeah i yeah sorry i just more so meant in olympic style sports you should have the level playing field where nobody yeah is taking any sort of steroid Do you know how gear? expensive it is to test for stuff as well though i'm not saying it like at olympic level they don't have that mm. but like for other sports and other industries and like things like bodybuilding federations where there isn't that amount of money it would be impossible because of the cost that it would would take to do all the samples do the research but it's 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 funny in the stuff like the olympics stuff's coming back like 10 years later yeah. where they didn't have the sort of equipment or the technology to test back then is good as they do now so they've still got those frozen samples and they're testing them now so it'll be interesting to see what comes out in the future of potential athletes who won medals and records and stuff there was who, quite a few i think was it the 100 meter sprinters yeah yeah a few of them who, who back. had their medals like withdrawn or something like that that was it Beat that. Uh, yeah, so Usain Bolt is the only 100 meter sprinter in the last 15 years who hasn't had his medal stripped. Mad, isn't that is, He's an that absolute is freak. sickening. Isn't that just a sickening stat, yeah. though? Like, yeah. how how many lies? He's How would you feel so sound about He's doing one of those that? genetic freaks who's like, he was just born to fucking win 100 meters, and there was he's no one that was ever going to gonna beat him. Do you know what else is interesting, though? And this was on BBC today. Like it was, it's on the BBC homepage right now as I speak because I saw it just before we started the podcast and I just clicked in my mind because we're talking about athletics. Sorry, I know we've got a bit off track here with the, the male versus female. But this is a, an American middle distance runner female get called Shelby um, oh, Houlihan. Yeah. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. She's just tested positive, yeah, for Nandrolone, which is basically like a powerful steroid. And she has blamed... A burrito for it. 
Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? So she's she's middle distance runs, and she tested tested positive for an anabolic steroid called Nandrolone, which is a a, a powerful steroid. It's like it's quite an uh, one used by gym goers, like regular gym goers as well. A twenty year old twenty eight year old says she was told in January that anabolic steroid Nandrolone had been found in a doping sample. And she said it may have, have come from eating a poor burrito, which she said could lead to a false positive for Nandrolone. Who the fuck is going to bar burrito, by the way, and smashing an anabolic steroids? There's no chance a fucking person who's working in burrito's gone, just sprinkle a bit of Nandrolone there, a little bit of Anavar, a little Decajora ball in there. Oh, would you would you like a little bit of fucking trend on top of your burrito today? Who? It doesn't fucking happen, does it? No. What is she talking about? It could have been on a fuck. Do you know the excuses you could have come out with and she said, oh, it could have been in my burrito? Are you fucking stupid or what? Yeah. A burrito? Yeah. It's not um. And she's denied ever, ever doping. You... This is the thing. If you get tested and you get done for it, you, you, you can't... You can't do anything. She's a US record holder as well. In what sport? Uh, fifteen hundred meters and 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 five thousand meters. It's really disappointing. And she said that na- um, it could lead to a false negative since certain types of pigs produce naturally high amounts <laughs> <laughs> of nandrolone. Oh, get bent! What's she talking about? What is she talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Fucking so, so what is? Go- I mean, if that was the truth, fucking everyone's going to bar burrito tonight, aren't they? Getting jacked. Mm. Everyone's going for a burrito and then doing a bench press tonight. Yeah, that's just not okay. <laughs> but that's we'll get ridiculous. we'll get back onto our our topic that we on the podcast because we've got a little bit sidetracked, and I want to kind of talk through some of the physiolo- physiological differences that occur in females now as well. And I think the main one, as we can all talk, what is is estrogen? Mm-hmm. Is is one of the the main female hormones? Although there's, I think there's there's nine different types of estrogen. And the one thing that you sp- touched about before it, that is good for endurance and good muscular repair and working at higher volume. So basically what, what this means in, in layman's terms is that women should technically work a little bit longer than men because they have a better facility for higher volume stuff and for, for endurance and you recover better between sets and from longer, um, larger sets, if that makes sense. Yeah, we've got... We... Don't fatigue as quickly. Yeah, better fatigability. Yeah. Better, better fatigability. So, yeah, that usually means if you go out for a long run, you, I, myself, I probably wouldn't feel as tired fatigue-wise as you or I would recover post-run a lot quicker than you would. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think, well, I don't think, I know women have a greater portion of type 1 muscle fibers, which means that they work better with higher rep, higher ranges, rep ranges and, and less rest. As opposed to like a to someone like me who will have a, a, a higher portion of type two A and B or type one and two type two fibers which are better for explosive strength and that's why females will work better sometimes uh, when we look at tempo work why females adapt very well or grow very well from tempo work slower tempo work stuff is because it's moving through those sets of longer duration and longer periods of time under under load basically. Yeah, I think what would be interesting to know because I I know there will be studies on this in terms of because obviously if we don't fatigue as much and we recover better, we will be therefore less sore. Yeah, so less our sore soreness damage, yeah. and damage. Does that therefore mean we can train more frequently than guys, or should we still allow that time to recover? Yeah, that's just that's just a random thought process of how do we recover better. 
we fatigue less quickly, we are not as sore, does it mean we could train more? Potentially. Than guys. Yeah, potentially. I'm still recover kind of the same. Potentially, that's why those physical, physio- physiological differences exist. Because if we look at the way in regards to, if I was to weight train or even look into a cardio, I will expend more than you, for example. So if the goal was fat loss, I'd expend more calories on the cross trainer than you would mm. because I'm heavier than you've mm-hmm. got more muscle tissue. So you would have to spend longer in the gym than I would. Yeah. So I could go by, I'd burn my 400 yeah. calories or whatever I was doing on cardio. You might have to spend the next 10 or 15 minutes doing that for those differences, those sex differences. Mm. And that's maybe why those physiological differences exist in regards to you can go for longer endurances and recover better because your training volume might need to be a little bit higher than mine need to be to get the same outcome, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think where some girls get a bit frustrated as well, where some women get a bit frustrated, is we naturally store more body fat than guys. 100%, yeah. And this is more so for reproduction, pregnancy, holding more body fat in certain areas and it's usually I think it's thighs stomach lower back is where women naturally store more fat and I've had conversations with girls before they've been like oh my boyfriend's like he's so shredding and stuff like this and I'm like yeah but he is a guy like anatomically he is completely different to you he's made up completely different to you do not compare yourself to anyone in general girl or guy but definitely don't compare yourself to your boyfriend because he has a completely different body fat in terms of distribution and genetically how much he actually has overall i think that's so important that we don't compare to you definitely not shouldn't be comparing and and the thing with that is i've completely got my chain of thought about the girls and guys what have you just said there? I've, I wasn't even thinking. I do apologise. Just in I, terms I of we store, more, we store more body fat than guys. Yeah, and, and obviously this comes down to what I was leading to. Sorry, I think I've, I've just picked up on my show notes and I completely lost where I was. Mm-hmm. Is that this obviously ties into what males never have to go through and I am very thankful for and I am very appreciative of. Yep. Is that women have to go through the menstrual cycle, which also should change how you train. I love how you said we have to go through. We do. Of course you do. It's a battle. Yeah. And that's where, again, I think there's more education. There's more people singing from the same hymn sheet of, of trying to provide more data and facts around this for, for women to be able to train around the menstrual cycle. Because I know the, the menstrual cycle doesn't last for 20 days. Mm. That was what it's like average supposed to be. But we know that peoples are very, very different. If we look at that period of time, there's different phases of it mm-hmm. and obviously you'll reach ovulation up to like yeah. 13 days or something in is it around day 13 14 yeah. is when you ovulate and it's also when your testosterone is at its highest yeah. and that's where you can potentially as a female pardon me push yourself a little bit with more training because you'll feel like a fucking beast and you'll be able to push yourself a little bit more so potentially sometimes if you're doing a strength program or you're doing a hypertrophy program and you're looking to make progress kind of figuring out when that might be and, and putting your high weeks or your high training volume weeks or your testing weeks within that sort of 
that period of when you know you're reaching ovulation or just after ovulation can be a really good thing for recovery, for performance, for energy mm-hmm. levels. So factoring that in is very important. But then at the other phase, the other end as well, as we come into the end of the menstrual cycle and the late luteal phase, obviously it's important to kind of factor in that might be a chance for to do more of a deload, to pull back volume a little bit, to not work up until absolute failure, mm-hmm. keep a couple of rest in, reps in reserve. Notice that or, or know that females can potentially burn up to 20% more calories during that phase. So you may be hungrier, you may have less energy. It may be a point where you need to bump calories ever so slightly. And when we look at 10 to 20%, that's only a small figure if you're on 1,700 to 2,000 yeah. calories a day. It's just something to bear in mind when we're looking at them. We're not going to go into the menstrual cycle load today. I think there's potentially an episode that we could do oh my God, yeah. on that and bring someone, at, in someone else of, in to, to talk about it as well. Yeah, your cycle definitely affects things. And I did a whole post on this and there was girls being like, oh my God, I had no idea. Like I barely even track like being on my period. Like you should absolutely track and just know what's going on within yourself. And it's more so a benefit for yourself because when you are going through those times where you feel shit, you're really tired, you're really fatigued, you can actually kind of understand why that's happening to you mm-hmm. and also not beat yourself up about it. Yeah, 100%. I think it's very important that we, we touch on that as well. The other thing was on the, the topic of like birth and the menstrual cycle, and again, I heard Dr. Stacey Sims talk about this, and she was talking about the, the female anatomy as well and how the hips are made up very different from the male to female, obviously mm-hmm. due to the female giving birth. Another thing that I'm very thankful for you, for you that you will go through and all the other women who go yeah. through birth and provide children you. that I don't have to go through. The hips are made differently because obviously the, the child's got to, hips. got to come out from there. So this sometimes will affect performance in different kinds of sports and lifting mm-hmm. and stuff as well. How much of an effect? I don't know. But it's going to have an effect on it in regards to a anatomy point of view and a biomechanical point of view. Mm. Maybe even affect your squats, the depth of the squat for some males versus females because we know that the femurs, the length of the femur, the hip joint can can play a role in, in your squat as well. So again, these are all just things that separate the male to, to female. Yeah. The other thing that's important that we haven't touched on is metabolic rate. So obviously mm-hmm. that that's different as well due to the amount of tissue that a male versus female may hold. But generally I pull this fact up that, that changes in metabolic rate can be so different and so vast that, you know, like following exercise, we often look at like, is it um, EPOC? Yes, exercise yeah. post-oxygen consumption. Yeah. So it, sometimes it will take up to 90 minutes for a female uh, or generally 90 minutes for a female to kind of return to, to what is normal post-exercise mm-hmm. we have this period afterwards where the metabolic rate is, is heightened for, for guys that can be three to 18 hours really yeah three to eight and i know that's a big number but three to 18 hours that can affect can why, be there for why is that so so, the, so the, varied so the, the amount of calories you can be burning post-exercise is, is potentially larger as a male in comparison to a female yeah, yeah, again yeah. No, it makes sense and also we recover better yeah yeah exactly and that, that's what that makes probably sense. obviously a factor i think with all this in mind though i think it's important to ask the question why do men and women train differently then because i think a lot of people don't really understand the difference or know the differences until they listen to this episode today so based on Mm. none of this information why do men and women train differently anyway yeah do you know what i mean and 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 what i'm going to do now is probably completely throw everyone off but the way that men and women actually need to train isn't that different. It's absolutely... You're not... I mean, I mean, um, again, taking one of Dr. Sims' quotes, 
women are definitely not mini men, but there definitely isn't that much difference that needs to be made in regards to cha- to training. Sorry if you're men or women, because we've said, okay, women are actually better at doing high volume stuff, and and men are maybe better suited to doing like the really ballistic style training, lower rep ranges, and work on the powerful stuff. However, when we look at training, we're often looking to get better at things. So why would you just do loads and loads and loads of high volume stuff and a man just do loads and loads and loads of low rep stuff? Yeah, it's going to help with some muscle building. But you need to do a bit of both to become like a, bit, uh, a better overall athlete or better overall built or have a, a better overall program that's going to cover all aspects. And that's why the differences are probably very similar. Like it's like when me, me and you train together for quite a few years and the, the mm. training we often do with the programs are very similar the only thing that usually changes is just the load that we're lifting yeah the only difference is the load and even when you relate that back to elite sport when i swam i did the same sessions as the guys mm-hmm. they did the same sessions as me the difference was i was endurance i didn't do, i didn't train how the sprinters trained so you train differently in like sprinting endurance for swimming or whatever it is my my training partners were guys. Yeah, they, and I'm thinking back now. I'm thinking, oh my god, they. I actually just completely trained with the endurance guys and girls. The sprinters did that. It's di- so you, it's different depending on your event uh-huh. or your um, your specificity, what you actually do. And it's the exact same for what we do now. We train the same. We have pretty much the same goals. Mm-hmm. You. That that's it though, and I think the, all the things that we've been Never through, been through in today's like podcast that. though, these are all things to keep in mind with your training. I think more so when it comes to how long should I be training for potentially, um, my recovery, mm-hmm. how much of a difference. Like for example, me and you are both doing the same program. Why there's a difference between how much tissue I'm building? Why the difference between how much tissue you're building? The shape of our bodies, where the amount of lean body mass is situated on the body, how the distribution of muscle is. However, the training can still be very, very, very similar. There's just other things to take into to consideration. consideration with programming with these things in mind, particularly yeah. around the menstrual cycle as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that the other reason is guys and women just have different goals. Mm-hmm. Like I want a big, fat, saucy pair of biceps. You want a big loaf of a behind <laughs> and that's why you will do more hip thrusts and i'll do more bicep curls and bench press I'm not saying that yeah. i don't need to do hip thrusts and, and work on those kind of things because the glutes are really important and that's not to say that you shouldn't be doing biceps as well because you don't want it to to, to be a weak link in and, the chain and you don't want imbalances and, and things imbalances, like that yeah. but i i prefer training lower body exactly because you're, be- because you're because you're better at probably no people don't like doing shit they're not good at generally yeah i agree people like doing the shit that they're good at Mm-hmm. but I think we need to get a mixture of all, but that, that is potentially the difference that when we ask that question of why do, do men and women train differently, it's because like when we look at what like the social norms are of guys are maybe sitting playing devil's advocate of like men are supposed to look a bit mm-hmm. bigger on body, women are supposed to have like more cares, more shapely, yeah. as they're supposed to. I'm not saying that you should pigeonhole yourself but social norms will potentially have an influence on the way that people will train and want to look for those reasons. Yeah. And that's why sometimes we get those differences in training because people just want to create a look which is more specific to them and what they want and uh, up to the individual at the end of the day. And that's potentially why we see some differences. However, I think over the years, we've saw a much more interchangeable way of training and people are a lot more open. I think a long t- a long time ago, 
you probably wouldn't have seen that many guys setting up a hip thrust and hip thrust in the gym. Whereas mm. now, you see a bit more, but it's not still kind of a priority for a lot of guys. Mm. And I always try and tell And I think to, to females it. like yourself, like <laughs> Steffi Cohen and, and some other yeah. female athletes that, like that who are empowering women, you'll see more females jumping in, smashing out some bicycle, doing some bench press, because it's important to bring those elements of training into your toolbox so that you're more well balanced overall Mm -hmm. absolutely and do you know what I also really like I love training with you or or, or I just generally enjoy training with guys because I'm the type of person where I'm like what can I do I I know in my head I'm not stupid I know you are faster and stronger than me however if we do like a wad or something I'm so competitive. But that's the difference and again. I love it. When we do, for example, deadlift, the dif- the difference is actually quite big, isn't it? Yeah, so my, my, max, deadlift- my max PB on deadlift is 125. And mine's 265. But then when we do a wad, how much, or like some really endurance-based style of wads and CrossFit, you're actually very, I'm very close. Ah. No, but we're looking at the physiological differences of the way that yeah, you yeah, recover, yeah. the way that you're good at endurance from a female perspective. Mm. We're actually quite close on those those elements. Yeah, no, I agree. So it's it's interesting when we look at this kind of data points and some of the stats that have to do with this and the physiological differences and then compare it in a practical sense to what me and you have done in the gym over the years and how that kind of coincides. And I think this this episode for a lot of people will kind of make that thing click and go, oh shit, yeah, mm-hmm. it does make sense now. Yeah. Or when I train with my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my partner or my mum and dad, whatever it may be, I can see why those differences are sometimes apparent. Yeah. The other thing that I want to kind of wrap up on I think this is a more important one than anything. And I think you'll probably have something to say on it as well. It's nothing to do with genetics or hormones or anatomy. It's social differences. And from how a young age, we have these cultural aspects. Like guys are pushed more so into rugby, Mm -hmm. into football, into contact sports. And for example, uh, women and maybe or, or young girls are maybe pushed into things like dance gymnastics yeah or, or those kind of sports mm-hmm. and and how that then shapes the individual to a, a later point in life where we go okay well this this male is actually stronger and faster than this female well that's because the male's been pushed into contact sports where they're weight training doing endurance training and and the female's been pushed into a sport which is more yeah. about arts and that's there's going to be obvious differences because that yeah. that person spent 10 years training doing that and this person spent 10 years training doing that so i think from like a, a real grassroots level we need to look at as well like the cultural aspect of where, where we're pushing mm-hmm. children rather than like i, I mean and we need to be giving them more of a choice because I think we'd see different levels of athletes in a more a closer field if from a young age we didn't have these cultural social norms that we pushed onto the children to kind of fit into pigeonholes that pre-existed yeah, yeah, for yeah, years. Absolutely. I feel like I didn't really experience that growing up probably because of the sports that I picked. I think maybe because your mum and dad as well though. Yeah. Your mum and dad are very, very yep. much about equality and bringing your dad's... Your dad, like, like basically did what we should be doing from a young age with teachers and sports teachers from anyway. You were doing fucking ski mountaineering. You were doing rock climbing. You were doing surfing. Like, you were just... You weren't treated as like, oh, I've got two daughters or, and two, or two boys. You were just kind of exposed to it all and you got to make the choice of what you then wanted to do. Yeah, and that's how I believe parenting is a great thing well that's a great way to parent your kids in terms of sport you give them the choice you give them the opportunity you let them try football swimming ballet dance hockey let them do it all 
and then they can make their own decision. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, I think mean, that's a great way to look at it. But I think that is also a huge factor outside the realms of like hormones and genetics and anatomy of, of just social, socially why athletes are between male and female, different performance. It's just because mm-hmm. the way that we should be. And this is why I really, really enjoy seeing more of the aspect, especially on social media being pushed of female empowerment to lift and women who lift and women who are getting in the gym. And I, I understand because of these social norms for, for, for some females and even for myself sometimes when I go in the gym and I'm a, a big guy, I sometimes are nervous or get anxiety about going into certain weight yeah. sections or certain gyms because there's big brute guys and then there's other people in there who are shouting and grunting around. Yeah. But at the end of the day, everyone's just there to better themselves. And if you, as a as a woman, probably walk into the weight section, especially if you were to come across someone like me, you probably think, oh, he's a big dude just lifting weights. I, well, if I see a female like in the weight section in a gym, I'm like, fucking go on. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, it's good shit. Yeah, I enjoy, I I enjoy seeing that shit. It. And that's probably what most men will also potentially be thinking as well. So don't think like, I feel anxious or shouldn't be in there or, or whatever shit you're probably thinking is on your mind and looking around, see if anyone's looking at you. Probably egging you on. Yeah, most people are probably glad to see you in there or they probably think, wow, you look great and why the potentially looking at you. I, I do get that. It, it can yeah. creep some people out. But for I would like to think for the majority of the time, it's usually met with a, a more supportive atmosphere rather than a, a thing of like, oh, what the fuck is she doing here? Yeah, I think that's where, I guess, as women, we can be a bit prejudiced sometimes. We can think, oh God, this guy's staring at us, they're doing this, Maybe, do, they, do they want us here? But we're all kind of thinking that in our heads. But I think that's, especially with everything that's gotten on over the last year, it's a very valid chain of thought with how if some, you've had an experience where you've been wolf whistled or you've been like hit on or you've had some dickhead creep who's come around you. Mm-hmm. That's always going to be in the back of your mind. It's like if you ever have had a bad experience with a company, you have real shit customer service, like this shit. Yeah. Never going back to them again. Yeah. And you always have that thought in the back of your mind. Yeah. It's the same same with that. If you've ever had an experience where you've had a neg- negative experience of a guy in a gym or outside the gym, whatever, you're kind of going to be predisposed to have those assumptions anyway. And I can get that. Mm. However, obviously not all men mm. are the same. Yeah, you can't, absolutely not you can't put all guys under one umbrella yeah. just as you can't put all all women under one umbrella what? in certain situations what fuck me what was it like with that tiktok that i put this morning yeah you got a, oh that was a God. bit um, if, if anyone doesn't follow me on tiktok just go and intense. have a look on it basically i've put a tiktok up and it's I've, I've got this series running which is also a bit of a piss take and i i really do over exaggerate some of the videos but it's basically things that should be illegal in the gym and the video i put up today was uh, a video of me like basically patronizing Lucy in the gym. So it was about things that should be illegal and it was things that should be illegal is men patronizing females in the gym. Mm-hmm. It's on like 50K views, but it's got, sorry, the music. It's got 10,000 likes and 135 comments. Like there was people popping off in the comments arguing about it. Like there's some misogynistic guys in there who are like, this doesn't happen and lots of type of shit. And then there's females like, well, yeah. you, you, well, sorry, women who are saying like, you don't know what it's like. I've had this daily. I don't go to the gym anymore because of this. So it's interesting for me to see those comments come in on like what people have also been exposed to and shouldn't yeah. be exposed to in the gym. Absolutely. It was a very, I think it was a really good post because loads of girls were kind of like this actually happens yeah i might even put it on an instagram happens. as well you know i get it on the the instagram the instagram get it on the instagram the gram. but 
I think obviously what we have spoken about today in this podcast is very important because it's kind of recognizing that we are there's there's hormonal differences there's physiological differences and it kind of doesn't mean that we can't train the same and we always say to this to the members on the my coach school Ben's written programs I've written programs but it's not girls and guys it's do whatever you want there's a lot of guys doing my programs there's a lot of girls doing your programs it it doesn't like categorize you in that way you pick a coach because you want to be coached by them you don't pick it because of your sex yeah 100% 100% very important. Just a really important comment yeah, to make. Yeah, and I think to wrap it up, like there is differences. However, we don't really need to train that differently. It's just a yeah. case of understanding your recovery, the way that you move, and potentially like your strengths and weaknesses as a male or a female. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So again, thank you. Hope you enjoyed this one. Hope you enjoyed listening. If you listen to it on Spotify or iTunes, take a little dabble taking some of Lucy's terminology there over on the air, uh, the YouTube, YouTube channel. Leave any comments in there or any sort of episodes that you would like to see in the future or any guests you would like to see a link up with because we we are going through a guest list at the moment of people that we potentially like to bring on and see on the, on the podcast so if mm-hmm. any of you guys have got any suggestions please jump over onto the youtube channel please also subscribe to the youtube channel massively appreciate it i think we're moving yep. towards um a thousand people subs, so. and we've only just launched it the other month so yeah, which is really awesome. good to see the support as always not as always but please as again mentioned if you've taken anything away from this podcast today and you think you know what look and lucy and ben are actually all right can you please we're all right (laughs) you can please drop us a vote for the british podcast awards would mean the world to us and as always please share we love it we love being tagged in the podcast we love seeing everything um and obviously we get to see that you guys enjoy it a lot as well which really means a lot to us and have a wonderful morning or evening wherever you're listening in the world and we'll catch you in next week's episode bye guys bye guys